I saw this thing on Instagram today, actually, where it was like the three heaviest things in the world. And it was like, you know, like in the universe, it was the sun, black holes and regret. And I feel like regret is a huge part, was a huge part of my life. And I feel like I was regretting everything I was doing. Um, and now I'm just, I just like, I, I, I let go. Like I'm, I let life, this is really cheesy, but I let like life guide me and I make, I, instead of me trying to guide life, I, I, I go with the flow, I guess. I, I'm, I'm way more relaxed. You are listening to the Alpha Parent Podcast. I'm Yulia, your host, and I'm an executive function coach. And I work with families to help them create better systems to get along and get stuff done. We are continuing our series today where I interview teens during the quarantine in an effort to get to know these teens a little bit better to help them feel heard, understood, and seen, and to help parents who are listening um, get a deeper perspective from the minds and the hearts of, of teens so that they can get better connected and so that they can help their teen develop better systems for getting along and getting stuff done. And that's what I do as an executive function coach. And I'm thrilled today that I get to talk to my student, Jude. Hi. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, yeah, of course, I'd love to. Awesome. And each person who I'm interviewing, you get to choose a topic. And I believe that this topic chose you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the topic of transformation. And I know you've been through a major transformation in your life. Mm -hmm. um, And that's what you decided would be the best thing to talk about today. And so we'll go ahead and we'll do an introduction. We'll talk about this topic. We'll dive, we'll dive deep into a discussion. And then I will have five lightning round questions for you. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. And don't worry about giving us the answer we want to hear or the right answer. I want it to be very authentic and just straight from your heart. Yeah. All right. Great. Sorry. All right. So Jude, first of all, how old are you? What grade are you in? And um, tell us about if you're diagnosed with ADHD. All right. Um, so I'm 16 years old. I'm a sophomore, 10th grade uh, in high school. Um, and I can't remember when I got diagnosed with ADHD, but um, I know that over the years, it's been like a problem, not, not even a problem. It's just been a thing in my life that I've definitely had to experience and deal with. So, yeah. Okay. And when you say you don't remember, is it because you were really young? Yeah, no, I was maybe, it was maybe like seven to 12 years ago. I, I have no clue. It was like, it was mm-hmm. a while ago and I, I, don't, I was going through a lot of stuff during that time. So I wasn't really focused mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff. So I'm curious because I wasn't told about it till I was in my late 20s, which came as a shocker to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though my work is coaching people with it. Yeah. So the, the funny part is that there's a blindness that comes with it, like a lack of self-awareness that I experienced. And I call it my biggest duh moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but for you, since you were diagnosed at a very young age, I wonder if you were like super aware of it if it's something that you kept in mind or if it's something you considered 
a label or part of your identity um, or not? Um, well, when I was, um, when I, well, I've had it my whole life, but when um, I, I, I didn't really think of it as a part of me because I didn't know what it was. I really didn't learn what ADHD was until I was about 13. Um, I, all I knew that I was jittery in class. I would have to have like this like blue cushion under my chair so I could like move around. And every time I, I would like drums were like an obsession for me. And so at school, I'd just be like with two pencils, like banging on the table and I would get like yelled at it for doing that. And like when my friends would tell me to shut up and it'd just be like, I remember just like a non, like there's no end to me talking. Like I remember that, I and mean, like I was like known as the annoying kid, because I would just I would just like bang everything like with like pencils, and it was just like, man. I mean, I don't know, it was ADHD. What about your relationships? Did you feel like it was difficult to maintain friendships? Oh yeah, um, definitely, because I would I would get into um, mostly a lot of fights with my friends because what I'd be doing, and they would you know, they would, because, you know, we were in elementary school in sixth grade through seventh grade, and I was known as the annoying kid, so when everyone else, like, the, the main group, like, the most of the population of the school uh, would be like, oh, that's the annoying kid, they would side with that, because that was who most of the people were, and so I would just, I would just be left alone, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that, I thought you were always the popular kid. Well, yeah, a lot of things have changed so far. <laughs> So we're definitely yeah. talking about a big transformation, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. Well, before we jump into all of that, I'm, I'm asking a, kind of a similar set of questions to get to know the people I'm interviewing so the audience can get to know you. So mm -hmm. I'm curious about what do you love? What do you love to do? I love everything fitness. Like, and it's, it's funny because I was like the chubby, I was also the chubby kid and annoying kid. Um, but uh, everything, I love weightlifting, cardio, I, like, I like, I, cause this is quarantine. So I've been like building certain like body weight workouts for like my friends and stuff. I just love helping people out um, with that kind of stuff. Cause I see a lot of um, myself and my friends. So it's like, it's like, it, it's easy for me to want to help them with fitness and stuff like that. So, yeah. How did you get into that? Cause you exercise a ton. Like sometimes you wake up before the sun rises. Yeah. <laughs> so tell yeah. us about that. Like what, what got you into that? Um, well, it really, it really like struck me in eighth grade, because um, I, I saw myself gaining a lot of weight, um, and I've, I've always, you know, been the chubby kid. So I mentioned that again. Um, and then in eighth grade, I got a gym membership uh, after a trip with my dad from Japan, and I remember in Japan looking in the mirror and just being like, "Ugh," like, like, like seeing that, like about myself. And it, it's not, you know, like it's not saying being any weight you know, it was like a problem. It just, for me, it really like struck me somewhere in my heart that kind of motivated me to like start researching this and doing that. And then I got a gym membership and I got back to LA. Um, and that's just, you know, where it took off. Great. Yeah. And it sounds like you've been pretty consistent over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So fitness is a big part of your life. Um, and that's something you love. Uh, is there anything else that fits that, that category of stuff that you love to do? I love to write, man. I love, I love like writing stories and creative writing, everything that spans from like nonfiction to like, you know, the craziest of stories you can imagine. Like, I just love 
creating things in my head, like my own little world, because it's like what I want. It's not really what everyone else thinks. It's about like, like what is in your imagination at that time. So, yeah. Do mm-hmm. you do that for fun? Do you like keep a journal or? I don't keep a journal on me. I don't, I don't write like diaries and stuff like that. I just, I like when I'm really bored and I'm sick of video games and sick of weights and stuff like that. I just hop on my computer and just like write random stories. Like I'll write maybe the shortest story I've written is like a couple sentences. And I was like, nah, I'm done. I need to write a new one. So I had just have like countless docs on Google docs of like different stories. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else that falls into that category? Let's see. Um, I mean, anything really creative arts, really. Uh, I, I love like surrealism art, you know, like where stuff where it's like you have an elephant sitting on like a tiny little twig, like, like that kind of stuff. I love just like crazy creative art where it's like not it's completely out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Me that too. Kind of yeah. There's something about the ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's just appealing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. All right, so you're very like right brain creative dude. okay so next question is what are you like really good at and obviously those two things overlap right because we love to we love to do what we love to do and we love to get really good at it yeah yeah so what um, are you really good at i feel i mean i'm good at weightlifting and stuff like that um that's what i mean i feel like i am um but what what really i feel like i'm better at it it involves uh, weightlifting and fitness is like the science of it and like, I'm not like, I don't want to be like, you know, in a doctor when I get older, but I feel that like, I, I, I have the skills where I can be like a personal trainer. Like, I don't need an app to tell me where like certain like muscles are like, I, I feel like I've done like so much research about this. I feel like I'm better at the like the knowledge and science of it than the actual physical thing. So I feel like I'm really good at that. And obviously, you know, writing and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the main one that like my life is surrounded around really is about like the knowledge and science of like fitness i know you're big on nutrition mm-hmm. yeah, tell yeah. us about uh how you feed yourself because i don't have the type of discipline you have in fact you give me lots of pointers right yeah <laughs> tell me about why nutrition and what type of stuff are you feeding yourself um well i've been vegetarian for about i want to say three to six months. Um, and really, I, I mean, I eat a, a lot of like legumes, like <laughs> vegetables and stuff like that. Um, um, I don't really know why nutrition. It, it's, I guess it goes hand in hand with the knowledge and the science of it. Because like working out and being like fit is 80% diet and 20% gym. It's like, so I feel that if you don't, have a a good diet or you don't have like a good at least a good like foundation of what it is to eat healthy and whole foods and stuff like that then you won't really reach like the max like potential that you have for like weights and stuff like that and just being the best you can be so yeah very cool one of the intro questions I like to ask uh, because we all have people we look up to Mm-hmm. And they influence us so much. So I'm curious, like, who are your heroes? Well, the main person that I feel like I've really taken, like, 
as my role model is a guy named David Goggins. Um, he was also like a very like big kid through his twenties, and he finally decided, you know, like step up and like stop being this person like all in one second. And he joined the Navy SEALs, and he's like an elite member, member like you know an elite like soldier. I don't know what the word is for it. Um, SEAL. SEAL. <laughs> SEAL. Yeah. SEAL. Um, and now he, you see him like on Instagram, he has an Instagram account where it's all just him like running, just like him, like nonstop running. And there's like all over the country. And there is one um, post where it was like negative, like four degrees out. And he had nothing but shorts on, just like trudging along, just like pushing through it. I know it's not safe, but you know, it's like, it's like the, it's a, it's the idea, I guess. It's the idea of that like perseverance. Yeah, uh, you know what that reminds me of is getting through resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm exactly. sure it was extremely uncomfortable for him to do that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it takes effort to push through resistance and get yourself to do something because you care about it enough. It's meaningful enough to you that you do that thing that feels very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think this topic of transformation uh, has a lot to do with with overcoming that type of resistance. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in order to transform, you want to get to a place where that it comes more naturally to you to be this other thing, right? Yeah. Uh, There, when we talk about transformation, there's like a before a during and an after, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're hoping that afterward, because there has been a transformation, that the person who you are, uh, it's, it's not that you just grit your teeth and do the things you don't feel like doing. It's that Mm -hmm. you find a new flow and you begin to live your values and make that the 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 default because before that transformation you had a different default yeah so i wanted to frame it that way so that you can tell us your story and start with before and then tell us a little bit about the process of transformation and then uh i'd love to hear about now uh what's different now so tell us a little bit about the story of transformation that you've been through okay cool um so about seven years um i was on trip in connecticut with my um sister and my dad visiting my family in connecticut um and we decided one day to go out fishing because they live by a lake um and it was very very hot day and so i decided to like take off my shirt just like lean back against stuff like the the grass like the dry leaves um and a couple hours went by and we got back into the house and there was a huge red bullseye rash like on like the back like right side of me and i showed my dad and he's like oh it's probably nothing you probably just like rub it up against some like you know poison ivy it wasn't on anything it was bare at the time um and i was like okay so it's nothing um and then two years went by and my breathing was just like 
it was my I, I couldn't every time I breathe I made a sound like I couldn't catch my breath um I was like I was going insane like my my mom and dad were like thinking that I was like I, I, I can't remember they told me what they thought I was but I can't remember what it was um but uh, I remember having a bunch of night terrors and just like my, my life just crashed um and then a year later we went to a doctor in Connecticut um and no 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 no. this is after so we went to a doctor in LA his name is Dr. Amen he's a brain doctor um the pretty famous doctor right Dr. Daniel Amen yeah Daniel Amen yeah mm -hmm. um and we did a brain scan and we did a bunch of tests on me and about a week later he was like your kid has Lyme disease and I had I've had it for four years at that time um without knowing I had it and so it just escalated completely I I gained a bunch of weight because I couldn't breathe so I wasn't exercising a lot and I was eating like shit because of my night tears and like it was just like comfort food um and everyone went to the doctor's way before that and they all thought oh he has like some severe aut like some severe autism he's all he has OCD as this stuff um and I was put on uh, tons of medication until we saw Dr. Amen and he told me I had Lyme disease and um I got put on medication for a while I want to say about two to two to four more years um after how, that how old were you by the time you got to Dr. Amen <sighs> I think I was about 12 I was 12 I think how did it feel knowing finally that that was it? I didn't really feel anything, honestly, because it was like I felt I relied so much on my parents um, for everything because I was super independent. My like my nine-year-old sister at the time was just like the strong one, and I so I didn't really feel anything. I just knew that oh okay, this is just an excuse for like what I am. Um, I didn't. I just kind of knew it as that and really I, I a while like about a year later I really I really took that to my identity like I, I identify myself with oh yeah I am this I have this um and a lot of me like realizing and being okay with that is the fault of uh, a homeschooling program called the Realm Creative Academy and as soon as I entered in the sixth grade I immediately went there and they're they're the reason that I am who I am today because they come they're like they nurtured me into like being back into like a normal kid um I mean normal help you know but uh they a lot of it like like I relied so much less on my parents as soon as I joined the realm because they kind of taught me I can't even there's not even a word for it like do you know what I mean like it's like they just taught me like just so much like they, I'm, I'm a new person. Like I'm not even who I was before. What would you say is the biggest difference once you got into realm, and how how is how was that different than a normal middle school? Um, well, realm is it's it's more of a when I got there, it was like a summer camp kind of thing. It it was they had it was a building where people can go and take classes, but you had to be enrolled in like an online school like Tree Academy or like Skybridge, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
I think that was one of the names. They're like insane names of like online schools. Um, and it's it's different because every you know every Friday like me and like a bunch of other kids and this my mentor at the time Nathan would go hiking like the whole day we didn't we didn't even learn school um and I know it sounds like insane and oh we should be learning school on Friday but it really I feel I was more educated during that time than I was in any of the school that I had been at that time wow okay Jude let's stop there for a second because you know how I feel about public schooling or any schooling yeah and how much I believe that you know educational experiences outside of the classroom really impact us a lot so you're saying that these friday hikes with your class and your mentor you said you learn more during those than you did during instructional time well um the 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 person who led that uh, nathan he was like at the time like my dad when he was off in pittsburgh my mom was like doing all this work and he was really like my father figure at the time and he really he's also my math tutor um so he while we were hiking he would like stop along the way and we'd see like sediment rock and he'd teach us like a whole like you know book about like a certain rock and then like he would go on and, like tell us like history stories about how that like like what happened here what happened on that rock and like i felt that because the pressure was off of me like ha- like having like to learn a specific thing i felt it, it gave me more options and like it was more open for me to like to take different things from that topic i like that i like the way you described that it's that because you didn't have the pressure to learn something you explored and absorbed so much of that yeah. experience um and that, that i mean the fact that it sticks with you today uh kind of shows how impactful that was in your life Mm -hmm. and there's another thing you and I talk about a lot is that we're not having fun we are not learning right Mm -hmm. so we have like the goofiest study sessions you and I right (laughs) yeah like in ninth grade when we did that bio thing like the snake do you still remember that uh, yeah Yeah. Yeah. and you were actually pretty resistant you were like okay but can we study first and then do that and I'm like okay yeah. And then you you tried memorizing a whole list of things, and then I quizzed you on it, and you remembered like maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "All right, are you ready to use my method?" And you're like, "Okay, I guess." <laughs> you still had like no idea how this would help you actually yeah. retain the information at that point, yeah. right? So then we do the activity. It takes us what like three minutes. Yeah. And then you so. and then I quiz you. And you get everything, like everything we talked about, just boom, you got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, I'm pretty sure I kind of rubbed it in your face a little bit. Yeah, I remember after like a week, you were like, oh, remember this? Oh, let's do that again. Because, you know, you, and I get that, and I I really enjoy, you know, when the people I'm working with are skeptical. I want you to be (laughs) skeptical. And I'm always going to give you an opportunity to do it your way, right? Yeah. And then I'll show you the alternative and you get to choose, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here you are, you've been diagnosed with Lyme disease. Uh, You're on all these medications. You've, you've entered uh, this different type of school environment that you said was part of that transformation for you. Mm -hmm. And they taught you 
how to be who you are basically right you said and that's that's complicated right you can't it's hard to summarize that in a little bit but yeah it sounds like you um you gained self-confidence through through that experience would you say that's true definitely yeah because i I was so like a little on the chubbier side then um and i just wasn't afraid to like you know take off my shirt and just like run around like jump into lakes that kind of stuff um because the pressure was off like i said there was no need to learn anything or there, there was no need to like be in a certain friend group and so i felt like it really helped me become like more confident yeah definitely Awesome. And I'm curious too, Jude, do you believe that you were experiencing like a lot of anxiety during this whole period? Um, yeah, that, that was a huge thing too. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that manifested, you know, in your life and, and what it felt like to have anxiety? Um, and what it felt like, man, it was like, it was like hell. It was terrible. Um, I would, be scared because I remember one time I would I saw a flash flood alert on TV while I was watching TV and every time my parents left I'd just cry I would just be so scared that like a flat in the flash flood would happen and that they wouldn't be there um and I was just so like just anxious to like do I was so anxious to even like go near water at that point um mm. and it's still kind of like it's still a part of my life now because I watched a movie called vivarium recently and man i I was up for maybe a week i I couldn't sleep because it it wasn't even a scary movie it was just weird like it was just like a weird movie and it just kind of screwed my head a lot and so even now it just like anxiety is so part of my life but and it really had that much of an effect besides like thinking inside my own brain overthinking and stuff like that is there a big difference between back then anxiety versus now? Um, yeah, def- yeah, there is. Because uh, then it was more like I felt like I was going to die. And I felt, you know, in danger all the time. And I never really wanted to do anything um, because I felt that it would like affect me negatively. And now I feel it's more like a in the back of my head kind of thing. Like I overthink about like relationships, like, oh, this girl didn't text me back. Like she doesn't like me. It's more around, it's a lot less extreme than like than that, but it's more in the back of my head, kind of like inner critic, I would say. We talk about that a lot, about the impulsivity isn't just in our behaviors, but it's in our thoughts, it's in our emotions. And we really want to observe and and question uh, the ideas that we come up with because uh, those thoughts aren't necessarily true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're at this new school, you're, you're gaining some confidence, you're learning um, some new skills, you've got this amazing mentor. Walk us through the next part here. Oh, the next part is when I left Realm, I started um, eighth grade at New Roads mm-hmm. High School, I mean, middle school, but no, it was eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I was my girl that's when I had my girl spurts you know I was like I was getting a little thinner and I was getting taller and I was I was with these kids in the school who had been friends for like four years prior to me coming um and I felt really alone 
and but there was uh my first ever friend at that school jack uh he we he he like he he kind of changed me too because i was very goody goody you know i was like a, i didn't want to do that i didn't want to i didn't want to experience that i didn't want to experiment with that i didn't want to go over there um and he kind of pushed me to do what i i I blame him. I don't know. I don't know the word for it, but I blame him for a lot of my transformation too. You credit him. Yeah. I credit him. That's the word. That's the word. Unless credit. you're actually blaming him for something uh, bad. <laughs> no, 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 credit. He I'm sounds credit. kind of like a bad influence on you, if you ask me. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is. He was. What? Yeah, so okay, so you started kind of exploring a little more outside your comfort mm-hmm. zone, and some of mm-hmm. those things were like the typical teenagers, you know, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing things you maybe shouldn't be doing. Uh, <laughs> but that's yeah. pretty typical, right? It was like age-appropriate stuff. You weren't like hot-wiring cars and... <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing like that. It was eighth grade. No, no, no. no. Okay. Like okay. We'll let that slide. We know your parents are going to be listening, so we don't want to give away any oh, yeah. um, any things you might get grounded for here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're in a new school. You're feeling lonely. You know, those people were able to kind of create those relationships over time and here you are brand new and you make this new friend and he's a big influence in your life mm-hmm. um at this point what were your academics like oh terrible i was awful at math the only thing i really excelled in was like writing because that's what i still loved at that uh, that at that point um wow, i was i was doing terrible there was a, a, a grade system where it was uh reservations which is like a F to D range. There is uh, credit, which is like a C to B, and then honor. Honors was like an A to A plus, uh, and I would get either super low credit or reservations in all my classes, except for uh, humanities, which is like history and current issues and current topics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was your experience like in the classroom during that time? Um. I felt very isolated and like unhelped, even though there were super small classes and it's a private school. Um, I felt because I went to Realm and they weren't really a school and everyone else who had been there has had been going to a school. I felt like I should be put back into seventh grade and because I felt really alone. Like I didn't, I didn't understand anything I was being taught. Um, and yeah there's no like good side of that i wonder if you i wonder a couple things what were your relationships like with your teachers because in such a tiny class size right it's it's not it's not hard to see if a student's struggling right yeah so one is what was like your anxiety level in the classroom was that experience like and then what were your relationships like with your teachers my anxiety level was pretty high because i felt like i was falling behind and in my math class, I was in pre-algebra and I was with sixth graders mm. and, and I felt, I felt so just like terrible. I felt like I was like the Ottawa now and all my friends would laugh at me, but the teachers were actually very, very helpful. Like New Roads, um, they, and this is not like an advertisement for New Roads, <laughs> um, but they really like. They're more like friends. They're more like mentors, not as teachers. Like we don't, we call them Erica and like Jason and like their first names. And we're very like, you know, tease. Like we tease each other and like they help us. Like that's one way the help that I learned is like 
affection, like and teasing is a form of affection for me. Beautiful. Um, and yeah, so yeah, they really, they really, they're more like older brothers, like the big brother program. That's what they were like. Yes. Awesome. So despite your small classroom size, private school, positive relationship with teachers being put into a class where the kids were younger than you because you were a little bit behind in that type of curriculum that they were teaching, right? Mm-hmm. And I say behind in quotes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so despite all of that, you were struggling. Very much so, yeah. I so was. what happened to, because right now that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So what was the transformation, you know, from that point forward? From that point forward, it was really just like an aha moment. It was really just like going, you know, coming back from Japan and like seeing myself as like that person that I never really saw before and getting a gym membership and like getting a personal trainer and, you know, learning new things and like saying, oh, wait, like, because that works, then couldn't this work? And then like failing and then redoing it and just like never like the, the grit, I guess, kind of helped me. So when you started physically taking care of yourself, that's mm-hmm. when you had the aha moment. Yeah. And yeah. do you and do you feel like that experience taught you certain lessons that you applied to different areas of your life? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um I have to think about this. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, this, this is hard. This is hard. Okay. Um, so I feel where like the, the transformation really started and I felt like I was being a lot more hard on myself in the good way. Like I was like not making excuses anymore. Um, it helped me a lot with like studying and like my academics and the relationships too, because um, before I started like the gym and the weightlifting and stuff like that, I was very, very, angry at the world and I felt like um I didn't because I wasn't really feeling anything where I could relate to the people like like their pain and stuff like that and like I, I felt like I was the odd, like I was the odd one out like, I didn't I couldn't feel what they were feeling and so when I started weightlifting I started experiencing very bad feelings you know like when you're pushing a bench like a, a bar off a bench it hurts like hell mm-hmm. um and so I felt like Oh, this is what it's like. So I felt like I was a part of something bigger. Um, and the perseverance part of that, um, like when I'm having a fight with my friend now, I'll just be like, okay, you know, that's just who they are. And I, I can't, I, I can't control their crazy. I can only control mine. And so, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to control myself and I'm going to apologize to them. Whereas in eighth grade, if I got into a fight with my friend, I'd be like, no, like, screw you. Like, I don't need you. Like, I, I was a very, like, all or nothing type of kid. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no gray area. Mm-hmm. And I felt like weightlifting kind of put me, like, slap, like, slapped me in my face. And it was like, no, like, this is how really, like, life works. I know it's cliche, but, like, like weights are my therapy. Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever I'd be angry or, like, sad, I would just go to the gym and I would just, like, focus on myself. And that really, that really helped. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. 
I know it's hard to tell Jude, but, uh, and you probably won't believe me, but I was kind of a pissed off kid growing up too. <laughs> <laughs> what? You were? I was really angry growing up. I felt like misunderstood by my peers. Um, I was also an immigrant, so that kind of played a part too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I took, I didn't realize how sensitive I was. So when I would feel these big feelings, the way I would protect myself was by acting out and, mm. you know, throwing tantrums. And um, I used to be very proud of the fact, like you said, the all or nothing thinking that I can just end a friendship right now and like forget that person. And there was a moment in time where a friend of mine asked me, oh, how come you stopped talking to her? She used to be your best friend. And I... I said, you know what? We got into a big fight and I never talked to her again. And I was asked, what was the fight about? And I couldn't even remember. Like, I couldn't even remember wow. the fight, but I still was so positive, right? That I was right and she was wrong and I'm never going to talk to her again. Wow. And it took me many, many years to figure out uh, the gray area, like you said, in relationships where it's, where it's, I take responsibility for me and I understand the other person's perspective and their feelings. Mm -hmm. That thing for me was probably the most difficult aspect of my ADHD to overcome is the impulsivity is to be in, in charge of my own emotions and not blame other people for them and, and begin to start to feel their feelings too. And recognize when I, I didn't have control, like what you said, like there's certain things that you just don't have control over and you can't yeah. get upset about it. Cause yeah. then you're, you're ruining your own life. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad you had that experience way earlier than I did, by the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you found a really healthy outlet and it sounds like, you know, you had a personal trainer. It sounds like there's maybe like a whole community in the fitness world. Maybe there were some influencers yeah. there for you too. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Awesome. Um, all right, so tell us more about this transformation. Like, what's the biggest difference now, who you are now, you know, as a student, as a, as a, as a son, as a friend, as a brother, uh, versus, and as a person, uh, versus before your transformation? Um, so now I feel I'm a lot, because I, I do, I meditate, I do TM now. That, that played a lot into it. Um, and TM stands for Transcendental Meditation. Yeah. And yeah. you have a secret mantra. Yeah, I can't say it because then it won't work. I know, right? That's what you told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, don't take it personally, dude. I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> I was like, come on, Jude, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you meditate now. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people know what it is, but not a lot of people practice it. And, and a lot of people say how difficult it is for them to meditate. Yeah. What would you either recommend or suggest to people? And why do you meditate? So TM is you're not shutting your brain off at all. It's the complete mm -hmm. opposite. Um, you're, you're allowing your brain to think and you're awake during it. You don't, and you're not sitting crisscross applesauce, you know, like, oh, that's not what it is at all. Okay. Um, it's you, you 
lean back, you shut your eyes for 20 minutes. It's, it's not like a two hour thing. It's 20 minutes twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and do you do this like first thing in the morning? No, no, I don't do that. I do it like in the afternoon, like after I work out and then Mm -hmm. before I work out. Um, and what it is, is you're just, and you can't, you're not, you're not thinking your mantra. You're assigned it, your mantra when you go get trained in TM by this, um, person and you you lean back and you let the you listen for your mantra more than repeating it you listen for it in your head and then as it like and i that happens for usually five minutes into it you just like you're thinking but you're not thinking things are going through your head mm-hmm. but it's like it's like a hose it's like if you put a kink in the hose you're trying to control it you're like you're you're stopping the water from flowing. But if you unravel that kink, then it, everything just flows out of the, out of the hose. Hmm. So it's like with the mantra, it's like when you say it, you're, it's like unkinking your hose. Hmm. It's like that. Yeah. So what's the biggest benefit that you've noticed uh, from TM? I'm a lot happier. I am a lot happier and a lot calmer too. And I, I and my emotions are more raw than like, peer pressure and stuff like that and I'm very just like I'm a lot more confident in who I am because before I started I would like I would fall into peer pressure and I would I would like people would I would have my own opinion and then people would have the other opinion and I would be like oh no yeah you're right mm-hmm. like like um but now I feel I'm more like if I don't like something, I'll say it. Like and I won't. It won't be personal. I'll just be like, "Hey, dude. Like that's like no. Like that's not who I am. That's not like. And I feel I'm more assertive, but like in like the calm way. So it's allowed you to accept yourself for who you are, and your identity seems more solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And definitely. you also said that you feel happier. Yeah, a lot happier. Cool. What? How long have you been practicing this? Since summer 2019. Okay. Yeah. And what if somebody doesn't have an opportunity like you had to, you know, get this sort of training? What's, what's something I can do, for example, if I'd like to y- use TM and, and feel some of the benefits? How could I do it? Not like, I'm not saying TM is like, the end all be all mm-hmm. meditation like everyone they're all, known's better than the other um they're just all they all really they, they clear your mind mm-hmm. more than anything and they like just make you a better person like you're not like my my dad describes it as like his brain when he doesn't manage it he can feel it because it's like he and he my dad's the one that kind of introduced me to tm um and he's like it's like a computer being full of like tabs open that's how he describes it and tm kind of closes out all those tabs and like so you can focus on that one tab that really needs to be focused on that sounds helpful for an adhd brain (laughs) yeah it definitely is so i want to focus a little bit on our work together Mm -hmm. uh and what has been because i've personally seen a transformation in you Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering, you know, as we, as we talk about this transformation in your journey, we talked about your, your mental, your physical, your emotional. Mm-hmm. 
Let's dive into academics a little bit and tell me what are you noticing now about school, homework, classes, teachers, all that stuff uh, versus before? Like, what would you say is the biggest difference now academically? Um, I'm a lot more focused on my work. Like, um, I would procrastinate a lot, and that was a huge issue for me. And, you know, I still do it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a teenager. Like, I still do that. Thank um, you for being honest. I will also be honest, Jude. I have been known to procrastinate. <laughs> okay, so, all right. Yeah. But not, you're saying it's it's definitely gotten better. It's gotten a lot better, yeah. Um, like, with work, especially now in online schooling, when I, whenever I get assigned a piece of homework, I just do it immediately. Because it feels so good just to get it out of the way. Other, other, it's like the open tabs thing. If I leave it, to, if I leave it there, that tab's open, and I can't focus on what really needs to be focused on. Um, and I feel like now I'm a lot more open to certain like studying strategies and like like you said, like the things that we do. Um, and I'm a lot more open to like different learning methods. Yeah, I mean. I, I can't really I can't really explain it. I just know I feel like I'm just a better student. I can just learn a lot better, like just in general. Mm-hmm. You said something to me when I asked you this question. I think it was a few months ago, maybe at the end of last semester. Because mm-hmm. I asked you, what's the biggest difference between now and before? Do you remember your answer? I don't. You said to me, and I think it's really brilliant uh, what you said. You said, I know what to expect now. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do remember that. What did you mean yeah. by that? Um, crap. Oh, I, <laughs> I had to think about that. Think about it. What did I mean by that? I mean, I guess, I guess what I meant was because, man, I, I don't know. Well, I want I don't you to know think about that statement now. What does it mean to you now? Like, you know what to expect. And what does it mean not to know what to expect? I guess what it means to not, not know what to expect is, like, you don't, you're really caught off guard by everything. Okay. And you don't, and you don't, and you're just, like, you're freaking out about it 24-7. Oh, there we go. So, I, <laughs> okay, so, so um, now uh, I feel like I know what to expect in the, the sense of, like, whenever – I'm assigned like a huge research paper. I like I like I I know how to handle it. Like I know that it's not gonna like if I end up do failing it, which I try my best not to, you know, it's a research paper. Like you have your whole life ahead of you. It's not like that one thing is gonna like get you not into the college you wanna be. It's like it's that kind of thing. So it sounds like you used to catastrophize a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Like, oh no, if I don't get this right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, a lot. You notice that too, right? Like, I used to oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. You used to freak out a little bit during our sessions, remember? Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. what would I say to you? I'd say, like, Jude, okay, I, I understand you want to rush into the work right now, but we really need to take a couple minutes to breathe and calm down before we start, right? Yeah. Because you're too panicky right now and your brain's not going to work that well. Yeah. And you used to be kind of resistant to that. You're like, Yulia, I get it. I, okay, okay, fine. There, I breathed. Okay, we need to finish this right now because I'm freaking out. And I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Okay. And one thing I remember when I, like literally the first day I started working with you a couple years ago, right? Um, there was some math thing you were working on, like a math packet maybe that you had to do over the summer. I remember that. Oh yeah. Going into ninth grade. I remember right? that. And you yeah. were going to have like, maybe like a big test on it. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things you told me was like, math is not my thing. I'm not good at math. I've always sucked at it. I've retaken algebra, pre-algebra now like three times and I failed yeah. and I'm never going to be good at it. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How do you feel now about math? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and not, not like, I still, you know, math isn't a great subject for me still, but I'm not like bad at it at all. I, yeah. I feel um, like you used to legitimately believe that there was just something wrong with you. Yeah. And that you would never, ever get through like this mental block around math. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, there, def there definitely was. Um, I mean, now I feel like my brain is a lot like more like uh, unlocked in a way. Like, do you get that? Like unlocked where it's like, it's not, it's not being blocked by a bunch of information because I can focus on that one thing. And even if it's hard, like, like math teachers, I realize, like I always thought that they knew the answer to every single problem as soon as you like geared to them. But math teachers, they don't know the answer. They know how to get to it. And so I feel that that kind of like mindset really, really, really helped me because when I once I started thinking like, oh, okay, so I'm learning how to learn, like I'm learning how to get to the answer. I'm not learning the answer. I felt it was more of like a, a fun process for me. I love how you frame that. And you're right. I think I modeled a lot of that to you because I'm not that yeah. great at math, right? What's <laughs> like the first thing I told you when you asked me for help with your algebra homework was you probably know this way better than I do. Oh yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember saying that. I remember saying that. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, maybe we can like go to YouTube and find a video that explains this. Yeah. And we just, what we did for literally that entire year was when we, when you got stuck with something, I was like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. So we both learned together how to learn this method of solving problems. Right. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of students feel that they have to know all the answers. Uh, and that's what school is about. You go there and you, you know, you know, all the answers already and you compete and you get good grades, but learning is about not knowing yeah right yeah exactly like you're not supposed to know everything right when you show up yeah so that's pretty cool i like that um before we get into lightning round stuff um if you can just summarize your personal transformation and who you are now versus who you were before how would you summarize that for maybe a teen who's listening, who's your age right now, who's, who might be struggling? That's, that's hard. Just so much I went into it. Um, summarize it. I guess who I am now is I feel I'm more of like a, I'm a lot happier, obviously. And I feel I'm, I, I experience more raw emotions. And I feel like 
I know how hard it's going to be and I accept it. And I, I, I love going through it because it's like, because with fitness that you always have a goal, you never reach, you reach your goal, but it is, it's always changing. Like if you are overweight and you want to cut fat, your goal is to cut fat. If you cut the fat and now you want to build muscle, your goal is to build muscle. If you have the muscle, your goal is to maintain that. And so you can't let it, you can't let up. And I feel like now letting up for me is not an option. Like if I, I didn't do my very best that one day, I'll feel terrible the next. And it's like, I saw this thing on Instagram today, actually, where it was like the three heaviest things in the world. And it was like, you know, like in the universe, it was the sun, black holes and regret. And I feel like regret is a huge part, was a huge part of my life. And I feel like I was regretting everything I was doing. Um, and now I'm just, I just like, I, I, I let go. Like I'm, I let life, this is really cheesy, but I let like life guide me. And I make, I, instead of me trying to guide life, I just like, I just, you know, I, I, I go with the flow, I guess. I, I'm, I'm way more relaxed. And, and you know, you just modeled what you said, because I remember a Jude where when something was hard, and you would say what you just said right before you started, you said, ah, that's hard. Mm -hmm. You would stop there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now yeah. you're like, oh, that's hard. It's like, bring, bring it on. That's, that's Bring it on. Thing. I'm going to yeah, think yeah. about this and I'm going to come back to you, but I just <laughs> need a minute, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I remember one time you were writing an essay. This was a particularly challenging one for you. And there was a deadline, so you were freaking out a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. And I remember this so clearly because I I wrote it down on a sticky note and I put it up in my in my office. And you said two things in a row, a few seconds apart, that were complete opposites. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? I, I I remember saying it. I don't remember what it was though. So you said something like, you were staring at this essay, and you said this is hard. I'm never going to get it. And then I just sat there and I kind of giggled to myself when you said that. And I just waited a few seconds. And literally a few seconds later, you said, Oh, I get this. This is easy. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> and like your whole energy changed and you were able to really knock that essay out of the ballpark. And yeah. why I think that's really important, you know, for the parents listening is that a lot of times when parents hear their kids say something like that, they want to immediately jump in and change your mind and say, oh, don't talk like that. You got this. You can mm -hmm. do it. Just read this part yeah. here. You know, they, yeah, they get yeah, in exactly. there, right? And they disrupt that flow. Mm -hmm. And as coaches, we know that we can't control that. We can't change that. Yeah. It's, you have to go through that experience. And we also know because of ADHD that these thoughts are so impulsive that once you say it, it's only after it leaves your mouth and then you listen to it and then it settles in. And then you get to test that statement and that mm -hmm. thought and that feeling after it happens yeah and, that, and that's a huge thing like that's like i forgot to say that 
that's how I am with my sister. Like, I'm very like go through the pain and like go, not that's a little hardcore, but like you know what I mean. I'm, I'm very like go through it and then come out a better person. Like, I, that's how I act. My sister, like, tell my sister all the time because she, I'm not gonna say her name, but she, um, she wants to like get into fitness, and she's very like you know it's like how I was like in the beginning. It's like very ugh, I really have to do that. But now I'm like, like hell yeah, you have to do that. Like, be like, like life hurts, man. Like, why not like gain, like get some out of that hurt? Love that. Yeah. All right, I wanted to mention that because it's really important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that moment's gonna stick with me forever. It was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jude. Lightning round questions. All right, cool. And like, you didn't get these in advance. I told you not to worry about them. You know, whatever yeah. kind of first thing that comes to mind, I want you to answer. Okay. And because with you, it's it's a little different the way we work because I'm only working with you. But uh, in, in much of my work, I am coaching parents. Mm-hmm. So when I do coach parents, um, I want to help them understand their kids more. Um, understand how to help them like an executive function coach would. Yeah. Uh, that's my mission is so that, you know, because I can't work with all the kids that need me. So what I try to do is really educate parents so that they can become the coaches for their kids mm-hmm. because that relationship lasts a lifetime. <laughs> that's your biggest influencer, your mom and dad, right? So, yeah. so you want to make sure that I want to make sure that parents really truly understand their kids on a deep level, which is the reason why we're doing this, this podcast and these, this series, I want them to hear the voices of teens Um, because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Jude, but when I was your age, I didn't like sit and really have deep conversations with my parents about my ADHD. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but I get to have these conversations with you all. So I wanted to share Mm. that. And so that's why the first question is about this work that I do about helping parents and kids first really get along with each other Mm -hmm. because you all are the greatest source of information. You know, you can't read a book on ADHD and say, okay, now I know my kid. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, you know, ADHD, but you don't know your kid, your kid and the way it manifests in everyone's life is, is very unique to whatever Mm -hmm. the circumstances are of your life. And that's why all these conversations are so uniquely different, but also have many parallels. Yeah. So my question is, what's the hardest part about getting along with your family? Um, well, so my family and I, everyone in my family has a very, has a tendency of very short temper. Um, and so we, we kind of, we have an issue with like blaming things on each other. Like my mom will sometimes complain about the dishes, but I notice that she never really does the dishes. So like, I, and then I get into arguing and I never, I, I have a trouble, I have trouble empathizing. Is that a word? Empathizing? Yeah. 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 Uh, um, I have trouble <laughs> like, um, do like understanding where they come from in the moment because I'm also an impatient person and my whole entire family and I are impatient people um so yeah I feel like we we we, we have trouble just like calming down it's like okay like, let's let's talk this out we're very like jumpy and like want to get this done as quick as possible so question number two is uh what gets in the way of you getting stuff done uh, procrastination that's one of them and um, my goals, 
my goal is like if I didn't work out that day and I'm doing an essay all day, I'm like, okay, no, I can't, I can't write the essay anymore. I have to, I have, a, I have like a checklist in my head or else I get super jumbled. And so I'm like, okay, did I work out? Yeah. Now I can work on my essay. Hmm. But if I don't do that, then I, I feel like just like crappy the rest of the day. I just like, if I don't get something done, I just feel bad the rest of the day and I, I'm unable to work. So yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. Number three, what's the most important thing you wish your parents knew about you? They kind of know everything about me. Um, I guess what I want them, what my parents, I want them to know is because my mom um, went through a lot of stuff when she was a kid uh, and I'm, 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 I get worried about her thinking that I don't love her anymore or I don't want to be with her I feel I want my parents to know about me is that I will never not want to be with them it's just there's some times where I need space and I want to be with my friends and I want to be a kid and I'm not an adult and I'm like I'm still like I'm only 16 and like I'm the oldest of three I have a three-year-old brother and a 12-year-old sister and just because I'm the oldest doesn't mean that I can't act like the youngest like I'm still a teenager so yeah sweet so it sounds like at your age you want to spend more time with your friends and yeah maybe and lock yourself in your room for a few hours and yeah no interest I, I do all that plenty like I, I lock myself in the room for a whole day sometimes mm-hmm. um but I, I I want them to know that it's not that me me being resistant to them it's just me being me and having my own time that has nothing to do with them that's a really sweet message Thanks. As you can imagine right now during this weird quarantine time yeah, where <laughs> everyone's at home, uh, the conversations I'm having with parents of teens is, oh, they never want to spend time with me and they're constantly yeah. just with their friends and in their room and yeah. we used to play board games together. <laughs> yeah. What is something that you enjoy doing as a family? I love walking. I just love like being active with my family, like jumping on a trampoline, doing homework workouts, like guiding them and like <laughs> push-up routines and stuff like that. Like my three-year-old brother, like whenever I do push-ups, he slams in my room and does them with me, like his version of them. That's I just sweet. I love like doing what I love with them. Awesome. That's kind of selfish, but cool. <laughs> yeah, very selfish, but yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, mom and dad, if you want to hang with me, we got to do what I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, sometimes. Sometimes, but also, I, I love doing what they love doing too, because then I can I get to experience what they love doing. All right, so question four. We sort of talked about this a little bit, and your, your story, hopefully, if there's any teens out there listening now who are struggling, you know, they're, hopefully they feel ho- hopeful <laughs> mm-hmm. um, hearing your story and your big transformation. But my question is, do you have a specific message to teens who – are listening and who might be struggling now, whether academically or relationship wise or with their family? Um, my message to teens is, I guess, go through it, like understand. And like, don't, like a lot of teens, like I've noticed, noticed with a lot of my friends is um, they're very, if they don't like something, they don't do it ever again. And if they like it, they'll stick with it. Even, even if that thing is terrible for you. Um, but my thing is, like, 
there's so much there's so much i want to say to other teens um but i guess like the, the main thing is like just go through life like doing what you love to do and not this is very cliche um but not falling into peer pressure and just like go with the flow like don't try to control it like you can't you know life's way bigger than you you're part of life like life isn't a part of you so i guess what i'm saying is it's all going to work out, you know, one way or another, like one thing leads to another. Yeah, I guess. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> all right. And our final lightning round question, what's your most helpful tool for regulating your emotions in the moment? Like, let's say when you're experiencing big feelings. Well, exercise, obviously. Um, and then I guess, the one things we've talked about there are like physical or exercising and meditation. Um, but I guess the internal thing would be like understanding where they're coming from. Like if, if the emotions are like impacted or caused by another person, then I would say like empathizing, like taking a breath and really seeing like, okay, well, where's that person coming from and why is, are they acting like that? Um, but yeah. Empathy is everything. Beautiful advice, yeah. Jude. Thanks. It has been such a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you. And I've been really jumbled this whole time, so I apologize <laughs> for that. You know what? Uh, I bet when you listen back to this, you're going to see how actually really well you did in, so. <laughs> in collecting your thoughts and sharing your real authentic message. And uh, I'm sure that it's going to be helpful to so many families out there to listen to your experience and your perspective. Thank you so much, Jude. Yeah, of course. I'm glad I could help. I love yeah. it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thanks, Julia. Bye. Bye.